All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is December 29th, 2022 and week 204. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, it says, it says season with salt. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer. Uh, if you are able to join in with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for how you kept us, how you watched over us, Lord. Thank you for uh, just just everything you've given to us, Lord. Our food, our shelter, our clothing, um, our family, our friends, Lord. Everything that you provided for us, uh, transportation, uh, air conditioning, heaters, Lord. Just everything, Lord. Help us never to take for granted uh, one of these things. Help us not to take for granted anything, Lord, because we understand that if you were to take it away, Lord, we would beg for it back. We plead with you. We pray. And so, Lord, help us to just always be grateful. Help us to be humble, Lord, in everything that we do, no matter what we accomplish in life, uh, no matter our success. Lord, help us to remain uh, a base, Lord. Help us to just Keep our minds stayed on you, Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life. Continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your fantastic name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, we're talking about, uh, well, I plan to talk about being seasoned with salt. And so, I, I want to look at that, but I'll probably look at that rather briefly because my heart actually uh, is leaning in a very different direction now that uh, we I've gotten so much closer to the Bible study. Um, oftentimes, I'll, I'll plan to go a direction, but uh, sometimes my heart will end up going in a different place. And so... Uh, I do believe it is God leading me in this opposite direction. And so I want to be obedient. Now, I, I will, I, I'll kind of tie this in, but this, this really is not the way that I plan for this to go. But just to kind of uh, at least introduce what I originally planned to talk about, I want to pick up the book of Colossians, chapter four and verse six. Um, let us start there, Mel, if you will. All right. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Jesus tells us in one place, glory be to God, he says, ye are the salt of the earth. He told us if the salt has lost its savor, so what's the purpose of it? In my words, what's the point of it? You know, us as people, we love some seasonings. Uh, if we eat some food, sometimes we'll we'll eat food and we say uh, it doesn't have any seasoning. Uh, it needs more salt. Uh, it doesn't have any flavor to it. You know, it, it's too plain. It's too bland. And we don't desire to eat it because it does not have enough salt. It can be the same piece of, of chicken, the same piece of whatever. Or if a person doesn't eat meat, it can be the same rice. It can be the same pasta. But if it's not salted to your liking, you really wouldn't even desire it. You'd have to, if you eat it, you'll have to add more seasoning to it. And so 
he tells us something. He said, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. You know, what I realized is there's a certain way we ought to talk to one another. Uh, there's certain respectfulness that we should have with one another. Now, of course, uh, when we get upset with each other, uh, when we're fighting or arguing or whatever, some, somehow we, we start to lose uh, that respect that we should have for one another. And so uh, I was thinking about how salt is good. Uh, if you if you're seasoning some food and you get it to the perfect place, you know it's a thin line for uh, to have food too salty or not salty enough. It's a very thin line. How many times have we tried to uh, salt something to our liking, and we might have added some, and then we taste it, we say, ah, oh, that's still not enough. And then you add more and it becomes too much. How many times have we did that with sugar? Different seasonings. It's a thin line there. And so what I realize is we can either have not enough or too much. A lot of times it's not enough or too much. It's a, it's a very meticulous thing. It's a very difficult thing to get it in the perfect place. But he said, look, you need to season your speech. We have to learn how to talk with one another, how to deal with each other. The problems that we have a lot of times um, within the body of Christ, us being uh, a family, is that we don't understand how to communicate with each other. We don't understand how. We're rude with one another. Uh, a lot of times we say, well, I don't feel like talking. So we're short with one another. If we if we have something that we personally want, we'll, <laughs> we'll communicate then. But we don't do it in a in a graceful manner, in a way that communicates, hey, I love this person. It's more geared toward gain, what I want. What I desire, when we get upset, as I said, when we get upset, we start to lose that seasoning. We don't speak softly to one another. We're aggressive with one another. And, and I'm not saying uh, aggressiveness is wrong because uh, there's a time for everything. There's a time and a season for it. But now, I really can't get into this the way I want to. Because my heart is really leaning in a different direction. But if I don't really hit on this topic tonight the way I really wanted to, what we should strive to do, uh, a lot of people, the, the year is about to end and a new year is about to um, begin. And so as we finish this year off, as we move into the next year, let us learn how to treat one another as if we love each other. You know, if we spoke to each other the way we want someone to speak to us, we would be okay. But a lot of times, we don't show uh, a certain decency to people. You know, a lot of times, we can walk right past each other. I mean, even, even us in the church, it shouldn't happen. But it does. We do it in the world and we come into the church to do it there too. We won't even say, hey, how you doing to each other? You know, we won't even do some simple things. But now if someone doesn't greet us or speak to us, we'll be saying, man, they act like they didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> we'll say, wow, that person's mean because they don't say anything. We'll instantly assume someone has a bad attitude because they hadn't spoken. But we do this. But he said, look, once you begin talking to one another, season your speech, learn how to communicate. You know, learn how to uplift each other. We kill each other all the time. We talk bad about each other all the time. People in the church will tear each other down, especially when we're mad. 
He told us to be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. But the moment we get angry, all the grace is out the window. Our speech is no longer graceful. So I I really won't be able to get into this uh, the way that I really want to. But just remember, there's a way that we should talk to each other. You know, uh, we build our relationships with one another through communication. And you find a lot of times uh, if you go to a job, many jobs, you'll find the boss, the person, uh, management, whomever. A lot of those people, they don't care how they speak to you because they realize you need them. Now, we know they need us too, but oftentimes they they understand we'll fire you and get someone else to do the same thing. So they won't care how they speak to you. They won't season their words with grace. We've got to learn to be gentle with one another because our words carry a certain spirit with them. Look, if you tell someone they're ugly, fat, nasty, this, that, and the other, look, it's going to carry a certain spirit. They're, go- they're going to be offended. The word of God tells us, look, a brother offended is harder to win them back than trying to take over a strong city. Now, I'm not quoting that scripture correctly, but I don't think we're going to go and get it tonight as I planned. But now if you think about uh, Ukraine, right now Russia did not expect the fight that they're getting out of Ukraine. But the word of God says, if you offend someone, a brother or sister, if you offend them, it's going to be harder to regain that relationship with them than it is for a city to be taken over, a strong city. Now, Russia did not think Ukraine would be this hard. But it's been hard. I mean, I don't even know how many months it's been going on now. It's been hard for them, though, to take over that city. The word of God said it's harder. Once you offend your brother or sister, he said it's harder to get them back. Russia has a better chance of overtaking Ukraine And we know this to be true because how many people have offended us by how they've spoken to us, by how they yelled at us, how they lied on us, did something to hurt our feelings, and we're still holding it against them to this very day. If we see that person, we feel some kind of way against them. How How many times has this happened to us? Some of the people, if people have talked about us growing up, we remember certain things that people say. It sticks out in our mind. It's hard to overcome it. This is what he's trying to tell us. So he said, in knowing this, just treat each other the right way. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Learn how to talk to one another. Learn how to communicate. We're in such bad condition as a people because we don't we do not communicate with one another. I failed at it many times. But it's about us being better. That's that's what we're about. We've all failed at things, but let's just be better. So he said, look. The way we talk to each other, it, it needs to always, it needs to always be seasoned correctly. Learn how to talk correctly to one another. Because if we start going off and offending each other, I mean, there, there's some people, they say, well, I just can't control what I say. <laughs> And they're constantly making everyone around them upset. He's trying to teach us something. You know, uh, if you get pulled over by a police officer, and now I've seen this happen, 
if how you treat a person, I mean, it truly matters in every situation. You can get out of a ticket just by how you deal with a police officer. I'm not telling you it's always going to happen for you that way, but it it can happen. You can get out of a lot of things if you're respectful, if you say, yes, sir. Yes, man. Look, look. what's the problem? What's going on? If if you roll down that window and you say, look, what you want from me? What, 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 what's the problem here? What's the deal? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you're already starting on the wrong foot. You're putting a target on your own back all because of how your speech is, how what you're seasoning with. But you got too much seasoning on. <laughs> or none at all. There's a way we have to communicate to one another. And so we have to realize this. But now, I really, I, I won't be able to go, go deeper into this because something on my heart, God wants us to know him. He wants us to understand who he is. He wants us to be saved. It's not his will that any of us should perish. But the sad thing is, people are dying every day and not knowing who God is. We, we have, uh, we're, we're so confused on what to believe. We're so confused because we have not yet got in the word of God. We have not yet went to the scripture to see See what the word of God said. We're going to have to go, Nev, um, to the book of John, chapter three. We have not yet understood. You know, Paul told us in one place, he said, have I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Jesus became a lot of people's enemy for telling them the truth. See, that's how our speech should be seasoned, by telling them the truth. We shouldn't lie to people because it sounds good. We shouldn't lie just because it sounds good. We say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. That's not the speech that God told us. That's not the way he told us to season our speech, to lie to them. Those lies sound so sweet. They sound so good. There's a lot of sugar and spice on those lies. <laughs> but we don't understand it's hurting not only them, it's hurting us. Because that's not the will of God. But the problem is we do not know who God is. And here's the reason why. Pick up the book of John, chapter 3, Melvin, and verse 3. Let's see what that says. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, the reason we can't see a lot of things correctly is because we have not been born again. We cannot see it correctly because we're still blind. We have not been born again. Now, this is the words of Jesus. I'm trying to say it as gracefully as I can. I'm not trying to attack anyone. I'm trying to help you. But the problem we're having is because we have not been born again. We still think we know everything. We still think we know what's best. We still think we understand things for ourselves. We don't need someone to tell us anything. We certainly don't need God to tell us anything. We don't need anyone. But Jesus says, except a man be born again, you just won't see this. You will not understand this. You will not comprehend this. You just won't get it. It doesn't matter how hard we try. If we won't be born again, we will not understand this. And I, it bothers me because every day as I talk to people and try to help them 
see this, I know it's not going to happen until we line up and do what Jesus said. You know, Jesus' own mother had to do this. You know, I know certain people believe different things about Mary, Jesus' mother. But look, no matter what you believe about her, she had to do this. She had to be born again. He didn't cut her any slack because he was because she was his physical mother. He cut her no slack. I know today, if it's our mom or our dad or our cousin, our sister, brother, who our relative, but we'll give them a break. We'll let them slide. But Jesus said, no, ma'am. No, sir. The price is still the same. He talked to this man, Nicodemus, here in John chapter 3. And his speech was seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt. He told the man, he said, look, verily, verily, I'm telling you the truth. Except a man be born again, he cannot understand this. He won't see it. How many times have we talked to people? And they tell you, you try to explain how you feel about something, whatever situation is going on in your life, and they turn around and tell you, man, I just don't see it that way. <laughs> and everything you just said has went out the window. I mean, none of that stuff you just, you, you finished venting for 15, 20 minutes telling them how you feel, and they turn around and tell you, I just don't see it that way. <laughs> and then we go back into... <laughs> explanation trying to tell them again (laughs) to make them understand this is where we are right now we're at a standstill with God because we want to understand certain things about God but he said you will not understand it until you do what I told you first this is the truth of the matter we will not understand a holy, godly life until we line up and do what God said. It, it just won't work. It will not work. I don't care how much you pray, fast, go to church services, read the Bible. It will not matter until you just line up and do what God says. There's people praying all the time that are not following God. There's people fasting all the time are not following God. People going to church services, not following God. Because the things that God says do, we don't find them to be important. We can't see why it's important to do that. We just can't see it. We can't see it. We can't see it. But you know what? There's a lot of things we can't see. When people, I feel like I always use examples of, of driving down the road, but I try to use some common things that uh, most of us at least can relate to. Once you get up to a certain age and you're driving down the road, people can't see why the speed limit is so slow. We say, man, this road, <laughs> we said, man, this speed limit should be way faster than what it is. You, for the life of you, we cannot see why. They chose the speed limit that they chose. We can't see it until we start to look at it from their perspective. And they say, hey, don't you know there's a lot of deer on this road? Don't you know there's a lot of curves on this road? Don't you know this is happening? That's happening. There's a lot of uh, traffic pulling out into the street. Until we start looking at it the way that they see it, we'll never reach the same conclusion. Never. We will never, you know, sometimes people get afflicted by a certain sickness. It might be depression. Uh, It might be a physical sickness. It might be a disability, whatever it is. Oftentimes they're trying to describe their situation to another person and that other person just cannot see it. They say, man, you know, I hear what you're saying and I understand it's probably hard on you, but I just can't see why. You feel like that, though, until they get in that condition for themselves. Then they say, man, I'm starting to see what Melvin was talking about now. I'm starting to see what my grandparents were saying. You know, Paul talked about us being a child. He said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child. 
you know, when you have that child's mentality, we grew up eating off the floor. <laughs> we grew up something, we dropped something on the ground and we pick it right back up and put it in our mouths. We take a pen, we take a piece of paper or whatever it is, we put it right in our mouths. We could not see why. Why I shouldn't do that? Now, why is it why is it important for me not to put a pen in my mouth? To put ink in my mouth. What, what's the importance of that? As a child, they can't see it until they change perspectives, until they grow and mature, until they become born again. And now, as a more mature adult, now you can understand some things. Look, that ink will pollute my mouth. It'll ruin my mouth. We understand some things as we change our perspective. So our problem right now is that for the life of us, we cannot see why God wants us to do certain things. Why why does God really want me to be baptized? What's the purpose? We can't see why. We can't see why we need to receive the Holy Ghost. We can't see it. Doesn't make sense. We say, well, I'm reading, aren't I? Well, I went to church, haven't I? Well, I did this, haven't I? I gave to the, the charities. But we still can't fully see what God wants us to be doing. We can't see it. We just can't see it. And until we line up and listen to God, until we listen to him, we will never see it. We will never see it. You know, it's a sad thing. It hurts my heart. That, that This is the reason I do this. Look, I go some days now, not every day. Some Thursday, I go all day without eating. Sometimes I'm, uh, last week, I, I, we were late because of me, because I got here so late. But this is important. This is more important than me going and getting a bite to eat. Look, I'm hungry now. But this is more important because I want you to see something that you've never seen before. But it will not matter if you do not line up to be born again. If you don't say, well, God knows best. Because right now we still think we know best. We know what's important for us to be doing right now. We say, I don't need somebody to tell me what to do. I already know what I should be doing. You know, I've tried that approach for too many years in my life, going in circles, going in circles, wasting time. Look how many mistakes we made, and yet we think we know so much. We made so many pitiful mistakes. Look, if we if we said some of these mistakes out loud, we'd be embarrassed to say them. <laughs> If we heard somebody else make these same mistakes, we find it funny. We say, what? You mean to tell me you did what? And we're talking about ourselves the whole time. We did some foolish things, and yet we still think we know what's best. The Word of God tells us, he said, it's not in man to direct his own step. Look, so he's going to send somebody to help you. He's going to send the Holy Ghost to help you. And then he's going to help and and put someone over you to direct you. We can say we don't need someone, but it's because we still don't see it the way God sees it. We don't see it the way God sees it. We don't see it. You know, we a person who has a pet, they try so hard to direct that pet. If a person has a dog, they try to get the dog to not run out in the street. I mean, they spend so much time, they get a leash, they get a chain, they get a collar. Look, the dog say, no, I'm out of this thing. <laughs> he gets out of the collar. <laughs> you can't keep the leash on him. Because he feels, man, I don't want this around my neck controlling me. Look, I'm fine. I can handle myself. Look, I can see the road. I see there's something out there I need. And so that dog continues to make mistake after mistake. Little cars flying by. 
there, there's been times where I've been driving before I had to pretty much almost come to a stop because the dog didn't get out of the way. He had no sense to get out of harm's way. And a lot of dogs don't until they get hit a few times and they learn to listen. See, we need some guidance, but that dog doesn't want someone to guide. That dog said, man, I know where I want to go. Let me out of here. <laughs> but we need some guidance. We're the same way. I'm not calling you a dog. Let me season my, my speech here. I'm not trying to insult you now, but I'm trying to show you we're not as smart as we think. Because if so, why did we make all the mistakes we made? And I'm telling you, it's not the last mistake you'll make. We need to be, we need to learn to listen. He said, let every man be swift. We're not faster here. I was reading a scripture the other day. He talked about a man judging a matter before he even hear it. How many times have we talked to someone? And before we even tell them something, they've already made a conclusion. Before they've even looked at what you're talking about, they've already made a conclusion. He said, you're judging a matter before you even hear it. Foolish. When we hear being born again, we've already judged it. We say, well, I don't understand why I need to do that. I don't understand why I need to be baptized. You know, we, from our perspective, we say, I don't even need to be baptized to be saved. That's not what God said. That's not what God said. They said, well, what about the person, uh, uh, the deathbed conversion? Deathbed, daybed, whatever type of bed you want. <laughs> whatever type of bed you want to be in. We better make sure we're doing what God says. He says, you must pick up verse five for us, man. Pick up verse five so we can get it from Jesus himself because we love the red writing. Go ahead, Mel. Jesus answered. Verily, verily. Read that again for us, Mel. Jesus answered. Mm -hmm. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, mm -hmm. except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the word of God says we're not going to be saved except we do this. Now, I'm trying to get you to see it the way God, the way God sees this. See, Tony is not going to be your judge. But I will tell you what God says. I've learned to see it this way. I've learned to see it this way. Because this is the only way. Jesus said he is the way. So it's so important for us to be born again. This is why we can't understand exactly who God is. We, people don't know who Jesus is. We don't actually know who he is. We're talking about three gods, four gods, five gods. Would this God praise to that God? Look, what kind of God prays to another God? That's not God. If God has to pray, I don't want to follow him. <laughs> look, God's like me. If he praying, look, I'm praying, he praying. Man, this, this joke ain't God. <laughs> he's not God. If he's praying like me, he's not God. He's limited. We don't understand who God even is because we have not yet been born again. We still think God is limited. We think it's only certain problems he can resolve. We think people could not even live for 900 years. We don't believe, who, we don't understand who God is. We don't understand who God is. We've got to be born again. What does it mean to be born again? He said, be born of the water. And of the Spirit, water baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost. Flip over to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Melvin. Pick up 30, 30, 37 first. Now remember, the two things to be born again was water and spirit. 
Peter's going to tell us in verse 38. Go ahead and jump to 38. Go ahead and go to 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift. Mm -hmm. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Water and spirit. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's water. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that spirit. He says, except we're born again. He said, you won't see it and you won't enter. I'm trying to get people to see it God's way. See, God is going, when we stand before him in the last day, he's not going to see things the way that you see it. But when you go before the judge, when we commit a crime, the law says one thing, and if you break the law, they're not going to see it how you see it because you've broken the law. It will not matter what we say. It won't matter if we cry. But God will not be moved by our tears. He will not. Man in the scripture saw, he saw God with many tears. Didn't work. Didn't work. Believe it was Esau. Didn't work. So we must change our way of thinking to God's thing. This isn't Tony's way of thinking. This is what God says. He says we need to be born again. I want to go back to chapter one because I want to show you how many people who is who exactly uh, in Acts chapter one pick us up in verse 13 because I want to show you who was there. Now they all received the Holy Ghost. Um, in Acts chapter 2, 120 people at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, because Jesus told them to go and do it. He told them to go and wait for the Holy Ghost. Go and wait for it. Don't move without it. Don't leave town without it. You know, we're going all over the place without the Holy Ghost right now. We'll go to California. We'll go to Asia. We'll, we'll go up the street. Look, at any moment, our life can end. We are not being protected by the Spirit of God. He's trying to let us see this, to help us to see this. That's the reason I'm talking to you tonight, because this is an opportunity for you to receive the Holy Ghost. This is an opportunity for you to be baptized in Jesus' name, because you need it. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody fool you in saying you don't absolutely need it, because the Word of God says you do. And now you can go through your whole life and say what you don't need and what you do need. But just remember, when you stand before God, he's going to bring these things back up to your remembrance. And the only thing you're going to be able to see is the hellfire after that, because that's where you'll go. And I hate to tell you that, but I don't hate to tell you that at the same time. Because I have to tell you the truth. Because I want to see you saved. But the scripture tells us that most people will not. Because most people just won't listen. They won't listen. Pick us up in verse 13, Mel. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. Mm -hmm. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now look at what they were doing when they got there. Jesus told them to go and wait for the Holy Ghost. You'll find that up in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. That's the Holy Ghost. He tells us plainly in verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So we find here in chapter 1, 120 people waiting for the Holy Ghost. 120 people. 
You say, where'd you get that number from? In verse 15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. Now that includes Jesus' own mother. That includes his brothers and sisters. That includes the 11 apostles at that time. It was important for them all to be born again. It would not work for them if they didn't. Mary would not have been able to come into heaven and say, well, I was Jesus' mother. Yeah, but where are you born again? Because Jesus said, you must be born again. And in fact, Mary herself said, whatsoever he said, do, but you need to do it. She said, whatever Jesus says, do, just do it. But here we are today. We will not do what he said do. So we find them praying. I want you to read again for us, Melvin, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. See, they were there to receive the Holy Ghost, and, and they prayed for it. They prayed for it. Flip us over to chapter 2, because I want somebody to see this. In verse 4, they were praying now, 120 people, and then God filled them with the Spirit. Pick us up in verse 4, Mel. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is how it happened at the beginning. So if anybody tell you otherwise, look, people are going to say you're lying. They're going to say all types of things against you, but they can't prove it. They can't prove it now. Not according to Scripture. Now, we can say, well, yeah, this person said this and that person, but they can say whatever they want. But can we prove it according to Scripture, though? See, this is how it was recorded. The very apostles who wrote the scripture, the other followers of Jesus, this is how they received the Holy Ghost. And we saw how they were baptized. We read in verse 38, they were baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. This is being born again. This is what we need in order to see things correctly. Now, from there, you still have a choice. You got to listen to everything God says, even from that point. Even after you get baptized, after you receive the Holy Ghost, you have to follow on to know. Then shall we know if we follow on to know. You have to follow on to learn more of God, but you have to be humble enough to listen. We're not humble enough to listen to anything today. We are not humble enough to listen to anything. Look, you can show people exactly what the word says. They'll tell you the word doesn't say that. They don't study the book. <laughs> they don't study the book, but those are the people that can tell you everything and just as wrong as they want to be. And people will listen to that person who does not even study because of the world we live in, because the devil is the God of this world. The word of God tells us he's going to deceive many. He's going to deceive the whole world. I don't want to be deceived. So when I'm wrong, I want God to correct me. He's going to use a person to do that now. Oftentimes it's going to be a person that's going to tell us, hey, you're off on that. You're wrong on that. Isn't that what the police officer does to us? When we get wrong, the speed limit, you're, 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 you're using the wrong speed, so they have to, they have to correct you. Those blue lights have a way of correcting you, man. <laughs> Your heart drops when you see those lights. <laughs> they have a way of correcting you. That's their job, though. See, me being a preacher, it's my job. Now, as much as somebody might not like it, it's my job to do this. But I take this seriously because I know souls are at stake. I want to see you saved. 
but it, it breaks my heart to see people day after day making the wrong decision, not willing to fully commit themselves to God. A lot of people are having such a hard time right now because we're in the middle, because we're straddling along the fence, because some days we're trying to live right for God. The other days, we say, we don't even know who God is. We're, We're questioning if he even exists. But the reason we're having this problem is because we will not put God to the test. We will not say, all right, God, I can't see it your way. I don't understand why you would want me to do this or do that. It doesn't make sense. But God, I'm going to try it out. I want to see for myself, does this even work? I'm not talking about you go and you try to live right for one day. I mean, fully commit yourself to God. And see one word. See will see will it work? I mean, sincerely commit yourself to him. I guarantee you it'll work. I guarantee you because I have just that much confidence in God. We must be born again. And if we do not, he said we can't enter, but we can think. We're going inside those gates, the pearly whites, the streets of gold. We can think whatever we want, but God won't see it that way. He's going to tell us what he told the group of people. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He said, I don't even know you. Not like that. I don't know you in that condition. Yeah, he knows your name. He knows everything about you, but the sin in you. The disobedience in you. He said, no, I don't know that. That cannot come here. That will not be in heaven. So we must. He said we must. Let's go back where we started, Melvin, as we get out of here. John chapter 3. Pick us up again in verse 3. Because this is the words of Jesus now. People get mad when I tell them this. But this is Jesus's words. I understand why they got mad at him because they still get mad at him today. Through us, when we say it, they get mad at you. Same way they got mad at Jesus. Read verse three for us, man. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Won't see it. And in verse five, he said, you won't enter. You won't understand it. You won't perceive it. And he said, you know what? Not only that, you won't go there either. You will not enter. You'll be just like the man that was in hell. He could see over there. He said, man, shoot, I I can see they have a good time over there. But he could not enter. He could not enter. You will not enter. Pick us up in verse 7, heaven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. He said, you must do this. You must. I'm trying to tell you, there's no daybed conversion, no deathbed conversion, no waterbed conversion. Look, there's not going to be any of that stuff. I'm trying to tell you now. Air mattress bed, look, none of that stuff is going to work. I'm trying to tell you. Is not going to work. He said, you must be born again. You must. Read that verse again for us, Melvin, if you will. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. He said, don't be surprised. Don't be hurt and offended. Don't be angry about this. He said, you must do it. You must do it. A lot of times people tell us we have to do a certain thing. Uh, And a lot of times we might be upset about it. When people are are signing up to go to a school, they have certain requirements. And if you want to get into that school, you must do it. We have uh, tax time rolling around. Look, if you don't want to get in trouble, you better fill out those taxes. You must. 
regardless of what you have to say about the government and all oh, they're taking my money and all this and all that, you can say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you must fill out those taxes. If you don't, they'll get it from you. They'll get it from you. They will get it from you. You must do it. There's no way around it. You can say, well, what about the daybed conversion? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. They said, no, you must. You can start talking about, well, I'm a follower of God and Jesus this. and Jesus. They said, no, we don't want to hear that. You must pay these taxes. This is how it works. God is not going to change his laws for us. He's not going to change his rules and regulations for us. He said, you must do this. He said, don't marvel about it. Just get it done. It's not hard for us to be baptized in Jesus' name. Look, it's not hard. We take a bath. I mean, some of us probably every day, some probably at least every other day. Once a week, look, you're taking a bath at some point. At some point, you're doing it. If we're not doing that, we're going to the beach, getting in the beach, getting in the water at the beach. If not that, we're going to a pool, getting in the water at the pool. But when it comes time, <laughs> it's a hard thing to get people to be baptized, Mary. It's hard. They fight that. But we'll run and get in water everywhere else. I know why. Because they just can't see it. Can't understand why it's so important. It's hard to get people to receive the Holy Ghost. But you know what, man? Folks receive every other ghost in the world. I mean, we can't wait to see the new movie, Ghostbusters. We can't wait to see the, the new ghost in this movie, the new ghost in that movie. We can't wait to see it. We're receiving those ghosts all the time. But if we start talking about receiving the Holy Ghost, <laughs> we say, I don't want nothing to do with no ghost. I'm afraid of ghosts. <laughs> we come up with something. See, God is looking at this. He's watching this. Look, we're believing his ghost in the closet, his ghost under the bed. But when it's time for us to believe in the Holy Ghost, we say, well, I don't know about that. We'll believe in aliens. We, we believe in some other ghosts now. We believe in all these aliens that, that are so, uh, <laughs> they're light years ahead of us. I mean, they're so advanced. This is what we're believing in now. We're believing these aliens, they're abducting people every other day. You know, people are missing. Oh, it was the aliens. Took them to some far planet. Now, we'll believe that, but we won't believe the Holy Ghost. See, God is looking at this stuff. You can't tell me the devil is not involved in this. He's looking at this stuff. We're willing to believe so, look, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. We'll, we'll believe in all these other things. A man, uh, half zombie, half man. We'll believe in this stuff. The zombie apocalypse is coming. People are preparing for this type of stuff, man. I mean, people will believe this stuff, but we won't believe the Holy Ghost. We'll believe all these other ghosts. We'll believe all these other ghosts. See, God is going to bring this to our remembrance. We must be born again at this time. If you remember nothing else I said, Watch how we talk to one another. I know, look, we all mess up sometimes. I understand. I do too. Sometimes we get angry. I understand. But we still must learn to control our tongue. Because in the book of James, he said, look, if a man seems religious, but he can't control his speech, can't control his tongue, he said, this man's religion is in vain. And that's what the book said. This is some hard stuff. He said, your religion is all for nothing. Watch how we talk to one another. And we must be born again. Being baptized of the water and receiving of the Holy Ghost. Don't try to wait. Don't say, well, maybe next year. Don't say, well, maybe a couple years from now because you're going to wait too late. 
Because when you said next year, see, God heard that. And you know what that tells him? You don't really want it. You know, if somebody said they're going to offer you $5 million, you know, what person in the world is going to say, man, you know what? Let's wait till next year. (laughs) Name one person in the world that would say, you know, next year, maybe the year after, I'll take that million dollars. You know what they're going to say? Man, I might not even be alive then. But once God tells you to do something, oh, you'll be alive in three years. (laughs) You'll be alive 10 years from now. In a few years, I'll do it. (laughs) See, God, he's taking inventory of this. He's keeping an account of all of these ways that we're thinking. Because we're doing nothing but being deceived. We're being We're doing nothing but being deceived. So God bless you guys. At this time, I'll turn it back into the hands of Melvin. Thank you. Um, Thank you there, uh, Minister Banks. Uh, We have a few comments um, from people. Let's see. Um, David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a great day in the Lord. Um, Cynthia also says, praise the Lord. Brothers, Jeremy says, amen. And let's see. Belinda says, praise the Lord. Um, Casey says, praise the Lord, my brothers and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening. God bless. Um, so thank you so guys so much for the comments. Praise the Lord to you guys too. Um, thank you for tuning in because you could have been anywhere else doing anything else, but you saw fit to tune in to us to try to see what thus says the Lord. Um, but going back to the topic, um, with season with salt, uh, one thing we have to do one of the many things we have to do is shape our lifestyle to what the Bible is saying instead of the other way around. Uh, we must be baptized. We must get the gift of the Holy Ghost. But um, we definitely need to treat people right. Um, people will be mean to other people for any reason in the world. Um, for and, for, and for no reason, I remember holding the door open for this um, older gentleman one time. No, well, he he held the door open for me. I'm sorry. And I said, thank you. And he told me, thank you for saying thank you. And I kind of, kind of got confused. But what that tells me is that people don't say thank you. And um, I'm not saying like this is definitely going to get us into heaven. But just being nice to people could prevent a suicide. It could prevent a mass shooting, you know. These school shootings that that happen, they, and they don't all happen for this reason, but bullying is one of the main reasons school shootings happen. Just imagine if people were being nice to that kid instead of making fun of them for having holes in their clothes. Like, they don't even know what's going on at the child's house. They probably couldn't afford good clothes or name brand clothes. And that's why they made us switch to wearing uniforms in a lot of schools so that it could prevent that. But we need to, um, to treat people how we want to be treated instead of oh, treating people how they treat us if it's negative way. And I missed one comment. Um, Sister Rosie also says, praise the Lord. So thank you for that comment. And um, I don't see any more comments. So thank you guys to who commented with that being Sister Rosie, David, Cynthia, um, Jeremy, Casey, Kiera, and Belinda. Thank you guys so much for the interaction because we do love it. And as I, well, as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. It's a good message each and every single week. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy. And again, counted all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. And once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. 
There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joy Storm 12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you.